Today we're here with Managing Director Andrew Teacher. Andy, Toys R Us and Maplin are the latest victims of administration on the UK High Street. What do you think is killing our UK High Street? Well, this week we've had 105 Toys R Us stores be put on the block, 200 Maplin stores. That's a lot of, it's a lot of big boxes right across the country that, that are shutting down. I think what we've seen over the last few years is there have been a number of trends that have crushed together kind of unfortunately all at the same time we've obviously had the financial crisis 10 years ago which made everybody question what they were going to buy from Jeffrey the giraffe and co um, we've obviously had the rise of the internet and e-commerce Britain is pretty much leading the world with that 20% pretty much of everything that's bought here is bought online uh, and similarly at that same point we've also had a, a continuing shift in in the sorts of things people buy and how they buy them. And, you know, and, and I think, you know, one of the first big boxes that we saw go both in England and in, and in North America was Blockbuster, Blockbuster Video, which much like Toys R Us, one of these icons of the 80s of these glammy big TV adverts that you'd see on every day as a kid. And, and they, they came to define really childhoods for many people, certainly for me, uh, fond memories of going to blockbuster and trying to get movies that were slightly too old for me and and coming back home and your parents would find them and and and, you know but the concept of going to a shop and renting a video cassette people would laugh you and most of the people that that we have working here now would laugh at me if you suggested something like that and 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 things like that have changed uh, the the way that we shop and, and the sorts of things that we need in shops and and the reality is that many of these companies just haven't really evolved i think you know we can lay the blame um, you know, the property world, the retail world will, will lay the blame at the government store with, with business rates and empty rates and tax and minimum wage and all of the other things that, 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 that people pay. And, and, and we can come on to them in a bit because I think some of those are, are, fair, are fair cops. But broadly, lots of shops just haven't evolved. You look at BHS, House of Fraser, which is, has been on the rack of late, um, these companies were effectively the Amazons of their day. You would be able to go into a house of Fraser 100 years ago and they'd have all sorts of stuff that you would, you'd have to trawl around other shops to go and find. But nowadays, you go onto Amazon and if you want a stapler, you buy a stapler, which you might have bought in Maplin. If you want a couple of TV leads, you buy them. And if you want uh, you know, the, the, the box set of the whole back catalogue of Friends or frank zapper you can get those as well and 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 you're going to struggle to find that in any single shop in the high street and this sense of, of choice and pricing transparency is there and, and the fact that actually it's so much easier to do these things online is is a large part of it and and frankly the shops that have evolved have been the ones that are either able to offer some sort of niche i.e. Um, you know, a particular kind of service or a particular kind of product that you can't necessarily get online. Um, or they're, they're, they're things that are mixing up a real experiential offer um, that, that, that brings people in or, or that's offering a, a genuine level of expertise that, that you can't find uh, on a website. But, but even that is getting tricky because, you know, the, the, the argument that you, you'd hear from electrical retailers like, like Dixon's, which merged with Carphone, obviously, a couple of years ago, or, or big players like John Lewis, is that, oh, you come in and you get loads of advice from these guys, but often what people will do is go in and they'll harvest and 
harvest all that advice and then go and buy it online for 10 quid cheaper. So I think that there's a, there's a problem there and, 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 and the, the bigger problem is the failure of, of, of shops to evolve uh, and, and, to be, uh, and to be rational about how they, how, they, how they use real estate. You spoke a lot about how shops haven't evolved and things like Blockbuster, how things like Netflix have killed Blockbuster because everyone, if you want to watch a movie, you look at it, there it is. Is there any purpose in actually saving the high street then? Oh yes, look. I mean, uh, I, I think the high street needs to evolve rather than die, and and it, and it is vital because what we've seen, uh, in in some respects, I mean, bookshops being one example. That was obviously the first target that Amazon had in its sights when it when it was set up at the end of the nineties, um, but. Books, physical, actual books with paper and ink in have come back over the last few years. And they're more popular than ever. Uh, well, not than ever, but certainly more popular than they have been in, in the last 10 years. Vinyl records as well, probably a bit more for sentimental reasons is actually because people listen to them. Lots of people just probably buy them, keep them in the shrink wrap and use streaming services. But but the point is, is that some of these things will be blips. Some of these things will come full circle as, as generational changes shift the way that people consume stuff. And there will always be a need for local fishmongers and local butchers and, and, and other services, uh, such as laundrettes and, and, and cafes and, and leisure offers, that, that you're not going to be able to fulfil through a website or through a massive shopping mall. And, and the, 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 the fundamental with high streets is they should be hubs for communities. And that sounds a little bit fluffy and a woolly, doesn't it? But, but I think this concept that... Um, of having places to go and meet people and hang out and commune. It's a great British tradition and it's something that you, you very much miss when you go to other countries that don't have it. You know, there's many, many parts of the world. You, know, you go to America and everyone's used to these massive strip malls that are now being uh, hollowed out. But you, know, you, you could struggle to find the same sort of little nice high streets you'll find even in, in, in London and across the, across the country. And maybe that's being a bit overly romantic. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I should go with the move with the times, but, but I don't think that we should be, we shouldn't be content with seeing high streets die off altogether. So can high streets be repurposed? We were talking about how high streets like laundrettes and cafes, those are staples in high streets. But what about retail stores? What will Oxford Street look like in 10, 15 years if there is no giant John Lewis or if there's no Debnums? What will those buildings be changed into? Well, they're going to pedestrianise Oxford Street very soon. So it's probably going to look a little bit like Covent Garden Market with loads of people dressed in gold and other people trying to flog your cheap Rolex watches uh, whilst a bunch of other people serve you slightly undercooked hot dogs, I suspect. But uh, apart from my cynical dystopian vision of, 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 of street hawkers, I, 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 I think, I mean, Oxford Street's probably a, 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 a kind of exception just because of the, the, the wealth of tourist cash that flows through it so it, 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 it it's probably quite unlike most centers and that it, it has a high uh, it has a, there's a lot of potential to support all sorts of tourism and, and the spending that goes with you know with, with tons and tons of foreign tourists and, and Chinese tourists particularly that support luxury goods and, and the high value uh, fashion stores you'll see peppered around Regent Street. I think the challenge is more for, for high streets in secondary locations that right now um, uh, are, 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 are kind of dartboards for betting shops, um, cafes and, and banks. Um, you know, we're going to see banks closing more branches. 
and hopefully I say hopefully because it, it needs to happen hopefully some of these restrictions are going to come in on those dastardly fixed odds betting machines that screw people over in, in, in many parts of the country and, and those are the things that allow betting shops to have so many physical outlets and I don't think anybody would necessarily shed a tear if all of those guys shut down a bunch of shops but it does beg the question of what will occupy them in their places so I, I think the future of the high street does need to be a bit more of a blend of services but it also needs to be traditional retail and, and the only way we're going to get there is through a strategic look at, at what the barriers are to these companies and business rates is a big one it's a big fixed cost that small businesses have to pay um, and, and they you know we need some kind of moratorium on that we need some sort of business rates holiday that can support uh, retailers and, and I think we need some um, we need a bit of a, 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 a strategic thing about what we want them to look like you, you talked a little about refurbishing them and, and we can do and I think there's certainly a strong argument that says we can have a bit more use uh, for healthcare, for residential uses and, and certainly as technology improves the potential to convert retail outlets and, and better use pharmacies and, and optometrists to just provide basic health services, the sorts of stuff that you might go to a hospital for now. Many things like that could be provided for in a high street. And, and I think it, it, it's almost crunching together policy, it's crunching together uh, more clearer thinking on tax and crunching together some of the, the tech innovators we're seeing around us to, to look at how this space could fulfill a bunch of social needs other than simply allowing betting shops to, 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 to rake in money from, from poor people. You spoke about business rates. What else does the government need to do? Is there going to be changes in planning so developers could build better infrastructure in terms of housing? What else can the government do to help the high street? Well, it needs to be. A, it just needs to all be a bit more joined up. I mean, what we've seen is that there's been a, a ton of shopping malls built over the years, uh, and and I would question the additionality that's often created there. You know, you can build a bunch more shopping centres and open a bunch more next and a bunch more MSs, but there's only a certain amount of of people to buy a certain amount of stuff. And, and if all you're doing is spreading the amount of stuff buying among more shops, then you're not adding to wealth creation at all. Uh, and the upshot of, of often of creating a big, stonking, great, shiny shopping mall somewhere is you screw all the little guys around it. So when Westfield opened up in Stratford, fine, that's fantastic for the people of Stratford, but what about the people in Ilford, Romford, and all these other surrounding areas whose livelihoods are crushed? And there's no easy answer to that, because ultimately people like going to these places. That's why... Uh, they exist and that's why they get built but there has to be a, a strategic think on on how much retail we actually need as a country and and only through that kind of process uh, uh, will you know will we get any kind of positive movement I, I think business rates is a big thing it's largely there as it you know it rakes in 28 billion pound a year for the government it's a very easy tax for them to collect and to some degree I think it's subsidized corporation tax cuts which have been made to bring big retailers like the supermarkets on board. And, and arguably, those guys should be paying more corporation tax and smaller people should be paying less business rates. Because frankly, the burden has got so high 
it's literally putting people out of business and uh, and that's the big one i think that there are some other things that, that are that hit around the periphery that aren't necessarily the domain of central government so one thing that's a that, that's very irksome for people is parking charges which again have been a bit of a boon for councils who need cash to pay for the dustman for social care and you know that's an easy target isn't it screwing over uh, shoppers but this doesn't help town centres because if you're trying to bring custom into the physical world off of uh, off of Amazon off of online then you need to make it easy for people so you know there's no single solution but certainly thinking about parking charges thinking about rates would help a lot of individuals and I think what we need now is a more holistic view right across the piece that, that says right where do we want to get to in a few years and if we don't make some changes now we could be facing a very worse and, and very very more grim situation in a few years' time. And just to wrap up, what do you? What, who's going to be next? You talked about oversaturation, chains such as Jamie's Italians also going under. Casual dining's next. Do you believe that that could be next in? Well, yeah, I, I think there is a cap on how many spag bowls. I mean, British love spag bowls, don't they? They love chicken tikka, spag bowls, fish and chips. But there's only a certain degree, as I sort of said, just as there's only a certain amount of, of cheap suits you can buy next, there's only a certain number of spag bowls people can consume in Jamie Oliver's overpriced pasta restaurants. And he's now seeing that pinch uh, um, of, of people getting a bit bit tired of them. Uh, Byron Burger as well, you know, successful at convincing people to spend 15 quid on a quarter pounder. Um, but but again, uh, they've realised that, that they've they, they've oversaturated the market, as you said, you know, and Byron, I was, uh, you know, it was quite humorous when someone explained to me there were three of them in the middle of Manchester. And that's before you start looking at the Five Guys and the Gourmet Burger Kitchens and all these other identical companies. So I think in, in terms of who's next, casual dining is next because people are, there's too many of, of the same thing and you're going to see stripping back of companies like Eats, of, of uh, Strada, Prezzo, some of these guys as well. And and I think I, you know, I wouldn't bet my house on M&S still being around in the same form in five years' time. Again, they've struggled to attract people on the fashion side of the business. The food business is being eaten away at both ends, excuse the pun, by Audi and Lidl at the budget end and, and by Waitrose at the higher end. And I, I would question really what M&S really means for many people uh, of, of my generation and, and they uh, could well be in trouble over the next years and that would be a, a, a pretty uh, a pretty grim situation for many shopping centres because they rely on these guys as, as anchor tenants so I think companies need to get their ships uh, they need to get their, their shops in order literally and I think people need to be more realistic about rationalising their portfolios and about not trying to, to oversaturate things purely so they can uh, you know, wrap up companies and sell them on because ultimately these these companies become unsaleable entities and and end up in the situation we're now seeing where people are closing stores left, right, and centre and and trying to, I would say, unfairly get out of paying their dues to the landlords they've signed leases with. All right, thank you so much. That was Andrew Teacher, managing director at Blackstock Consulting. Mm-hmm.